Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror, the card game. I'm your host, Frank, and this is another one of my Think on Your Feet episodes. I just said your Think on Your Feet episodes. I mean, they are for you, but I play a part as well, I think it's fair to say. So here we are, carrying on with Norman's story in The Circle Undone. I'm really excited to do this. It's a beautiful Saturday morning. It's grey, overcast. It feels like the fates are set against me, and what better time than to settle in and play some Arkham for your enjoyment. If you're new to the these kinds of episodes, sit back, relax, listen to me play. I'll try and give you the big picture what my plan is. We'll also talk turn by turn about what I'm doing and what's in my hand, and we'll try and strategize our way through it. Before I begin, on the previous episode when I first looked Point of No Return, I announced a competition And listening back, I realised I announced it in such a way that left a certain amount of uncertainty about the rules. A certain amount of uncertainty? Is that a good way of saying that? Yeah, I think that makes sense. So I just want to clarify that. What we asked for was an upgraded skill card. What I really meant by that was a skill card that cost XP. It didn't need to have a level zero version that you were creating an upgrade for. It could just be any skill card but it needs to cost XP. So you design a skill card that costs XP. And the reason for that is there are so few skill cards that cost XP. So, you know, something like, say, Stroke of Luck doesn't have a level zero version. It's just a level two skill card. That's fine. Other things like that. We've already had loads of entries. Some of them are upgrades of other level zero versions. That's fine. It's still allowed. But also, if you want to be more creative and just create your own skill card that needs to cost XP that's fine too. So I hope that clears it up. No one will be disqualified based on their entries. There isn't a problem with just doing, you know, say Vicious Blow level four. That's an upgraded skill card, but it doesn't need to have a level zero version that it's an upgrade of. Hope that's clear now. I also want to do a shout out now to one of the patrons of this cast, Chris. He suggested to me after the intro episode that maybe people would want to play along with Think on Your Feet. He suggested calling it Think On Our Feet, which is quite a clever play on the title. And what people would do would be to take the same deck that I take through a scenario with the same chaos bag, and we just play as well. So you get to experience it, you get to compare your playthrough with my own, and then after every scenario, your deck reverts to whatever XP I've got. So we end up with multiple different people all trying the same scenario with the same deck. A couple of other patrons really liked the idea and have jumped on with that. We're actually now tracking the results. So rather than just having my experience playing this, we're ending up with a host of data that explains, you know, we've had 15 tries at the witching hour with the same deck. How many outcomes did we get? And I'm kind of excited about that just as having more data to talk about and say, well, were my experiences fluke that I got this much XP? Or was I actually incredibly unlucky? Or am I missing something in my piloting or whatever it is? Shout out to Chris for suggesting it. Shout out to all the other patrons who've got involved in that. It's a really fun project to be doing. I really appreciate it. And it it feels like there's sort of more investment in those listeners to these episodes. And it feels like more investment for me really wanting these episodes to be good and feeling like I have a, a, a little niche audience among the bigger audience who want to be a part of Think on Your Feet or Think on Our Feet. So yeah, thanks for that. Okay, the deck, we've put in one Mists level four and we've put in a Storm of Spirits level three. So that was our seven XP. We're just adding to our spell suite as Norman 
and we're adding to the damage output that we have. Secret name, one of the risks is getting flooded with enemies, and they can be pretty beefy, so having way of doing area of effect enemy management is a good thing. Let's begin. Agenda 1A, the Hermit, 9. Look for answers within and not without. Many paths lead to the same answer. Contemplate the greater truth. Each non-weakness enemy gets plus one health. Reaction, after you defeat Brown Jenkin or Nahab, gain one clue from the token bank. Two clues instead if there are three or more investigators in the game. Four Doom Threshold. Act 1A. Investigating the Witch House. When you arrive at the old witch house, you find it in a sorrier state than you imagined. Surrounded by a crooked picket fence, the house looks as though it may fall apart at any minute. The front door is locked, but you are able to easily enter through one of the windows after pulling apart the rotting wooden boards covering the shattered glass. It's a three-clue threshold, and there's an objective if each undefeated investigator is in Walter Gilman's room. Investigators may spend the requisite number of clues as a group to advance. In play, we have Walter Gilman's room to the north. We start in the mouldy halls, and there are three decrepit doorways, more or less on the other points of a compass, each connected to the mouldy halls here. And mouldy halls reads, As you enter the witch house, you are immediately struck by the musty, stale air. The timber smells of decay and mould. Paper peels off the walls. It is no wonder this house was condemned. It's four shroud and a clue. Haunted effect, lose three resources. Within the aged, decrepit walls of the witch house, the only signs of life are the rats which scurry in and out of holes in the walls. Uh-oh. So story, Norman has joined the lodge. He had a conversation with Carl Sanford. He is not quite sure he trusts that man, but he seems to be on a quest for knowledge, and that is what Norman is on a quest for. However, Norman is also planning to deceive the Lodge. He knows that when his research funding was cut, Lodge members were involved in the ridicule that managed to kick him out of the academic community, that mocked him for his finding of six stars disappearing in the sky. So there's a little bit of a grudge there for Norman, but he's decided to go along with the Lodge so far and see if he can learn more from them than they learn from him. As a result, he's also told the Lodge about the Coven, and that means that we've gained two cultist tokens in the bag, one for joining the Lodge and one for revealing the Coven. We're hoping that the information we've given away is not as significant as the information they'll give to us, but the jury's out at the moment. And Norman has now decided to set aside his scientific mind and start exploring the myths and legends of Arkham. If there really are witches, and Carl seems to think that there might be, why not go to the site of one of the legends? And so we find ourselves at the old witch house in uh, the slightly run-down part of Arkham. Our token bag, we've got two skulls. They're minus one or minus three if you're at an extra-dimensional location. Luckily, Mouldy Halls is just witch house traded as is every other location. Two cultists reveal another token if you fail, discard the top three cards of the encounter deck. And then two elder things, minus three if you fail, resolve the hunter keyword on each enemy in play. So if we can be three up, we don't even care if we're extra dimensional locations, and the only things that stop us are a minus four and a tentacle. Two up, 
we do then run a risk of hunter enemies moving if we fail. Let's look at our opening hand. Shortcut, Astounding Revelation, Storm of Spirits, Premonition, and Shriveling. What do we need? We need clue tech. We ideally want to build up our stats. We maybe want rook, and we want some kind of defense. Ethereal form, mind over matter, shriveling, or mists. So I think we keep the shriveling, and I'm tempted to chuck all four of these other cards back. Shortcut, Revelation, Storm of Spirits, and Premonition and draw four more and hope we hit Rook, uh, Crystalline Elder Sign, maybe some Economy, some Crack the Case, other things like that. Card two, Rook. <laughs> Brilliant. Card three, Crack the Case. Card four, Vengeful Hound. That gets set aside. Delve Too Deep and Eureka. Poor. Okay. That's a poor of... I like that. Vengeful Hound is a weakness enemy, so it doesn't gain health from Agenda 1A. Worth noting. And first action play shriveling feels nice. We obviously need to see what's on the top of our deck. If we can get this clue this turn, maybe with a Eureka to get us up to two up, we could crack the case here as well and get four resources, which doesn't feel too bad. And that would set us up to play Rook as well. Of course, this all depends somewhat on what appears on the top of our deck now. It's Mr. Rook on the top of our deck. Ooh, well, we can pay him at a discount as well as Shriveling. So let's begin. First action, we play Shriveling. I'm definitely playing it first because if I play Rook off the top of my deck and see Vengeful Hound, we're in a situation. Second action, I'll play Rook off the top of my deck for two. He comes into play with three secrets and the new top card of the deck is a shortcut. And do we try and get this clue and the resources? If we get it, and then we trigger a haunted effect and lose resources. It's somewhat of a waste. And there's a chance in the mythos phase that we draw a card that makes us trigger the haunted effect on our location. I don't want to move anywhere else yet, because I know there's ways of enemies appearing from exploring. I think we go for it. I don't want to take a resource, really. I don't want to use Rook. Hmm. Or I use Rook and try and hit a weakness and kill the Vengeful Hound now. And then I'd be ready to Rook again First action, get a clue, move. Still have an action left. Yeah, let's do Rook. Rook for nine. So we've played Shriveling, we've played Rook. We've got one action left. Nine cards. Right, the cards are Hawkeye Folding Camera, Shortcut, Crystalline Elder Sign, Deduction, Premonition, Knowledge's Power, Shriveling, Crack the Case, and Shortcut. So two shortcuts. A Crack the Case, a Shriveling, Deduction, a Hawkeye Folding Camera. Could be tempted to play that. We don't have any resources at the moment. We don't really want a Deduction yet. We could take the Crystalline Elder Sign and hope to get that into play next turn if we manage to get a clue. We would clue, move, maybe play Crystalline Elder Sign. Yeah, we'll take the Crystalline Elder Sign. We didn't hit a Research then, which is a shame. We also didn't hit a Weakness, which is not too bad. New top card of the deck is Shortcut. We have one action left. Is that right? Play Shriveling, play Rook, search for nine. Yes. So let's investigate here. And we'll commit to Eureka, making us two up. Elder thing, we fail and we have to lose three resources. We don't have any to lose. Upkeep, we draw the shortcut. And the next card is Knowledge is Power. We go up to one resource. We place our first Doom, one of four. And our encounter card is Brown Jenkin. One fight, one health. 
four evade, aloof and hunter, creature familiar and elite traded. Each ready creature enemy gains plus two fight. So he's actually three fight, one health, four evade. And each non-weakness enemy gains plus one health, the agenda says. So he is a three, two, four. Don't be tricked by that one, one. It's a three, two. Each ready creature enemy gets plus two fight, as I said. And the forced effect here is when the enemy phase ends, if Brown Jenkin is ready, each investigator at his location discards his or her hand, then draws that many cards. So I would lose Crystalline Elder Sign, Rook, Crack the Case, Delve Too Deep, and Shortcut. I think we try and kill this little bugger. First action could be Engage. Second action we could Shrivel. Or we could use Knowledge's Power off the top of our deck to save a Shriveling Charge. Third action, we could Tap Rook again. If we see Vengeful Hound, we kill it. If we don't see Vengeful Hound, we try and get this clue again. Let's do it. First action, Engage. Second action, I'll Shrivel. I'm a six on three. Minus two. Two damage to Brown Jenkin. He is defeated. And we have a reaction after you defeat Brown Jenkin, gain a clue. We'll tap Rook. Search nine. The nine are Deduction, Astounding Revelation, Ethereal Form, Occult Lexicon, Eureka, Storm of Spirits, Hawkeye Folding Camera, Hawkeye Folding Camera, and Knowledge is Power. What do we want to do? We don't want deduction. Ethereal form is a maybe. Occult lexicon is a maybe. Storm of spirits is a maybe. It would be nice to get a camera down. So with this astounding revelation, we could take two resources and last action play a camera. And then next turn, again, hope to investigate here, pop it with crack the case, get a camera charge. Yeah, let's do that. So astounding revelation gives us two resources. And last action, we're probably playing the camera but I'm just gonna shuffle my deck and see what the top card is because if it's a weakness or if it's the other camera on the top of the deck, we could do that. It's this weird balancing act with Norman, isn't there? Between not wanting assets in hand because you want to get the discount to play them once a turn and also not wanting to not choose the good, the, you know, the best cards in your deck or the most appropriate cards for the situation because you're so busy trying to get a discount on them. <laughs> it's a strange situation to be in. You also don't want to put everything in your deck costing huge amounts of resources because then you're just desperate for the discount. Right, top card is the Storm of Spirits, level three. So yeah, last action we spend to play Hawkeye Folding Camera. Upkeep, I draw the Storm of Spirits and the next card is Knowledge is Power. I go up to two resources, and we hit two Doom of Four. Our encounter card is Disquieting Dreams. Revelation, test willpower five. If you fail, put Disquieting Dreams into play in your threat area. Not a particularly punishing fail effect. Forced, at the end of your turn, discard the top card of the encounter deck. That's kind of nasty. And another forced, when the encounter deck runs out of cards... Discard Disquieting Dreams and reveal the top car 10 cards of your deck. Draw each weakness revealed and discard each other revealed card. So cards I could commit to this test. Crystalline Elder Sign, Mr. Rook. Shortcut, Storm of Spirits. And I'm just thinking, actually, I was up to three resources last turn. Two from Astounding Revelation and one from Upkeep. And I chose to play the Hawkeye Folding Camera. I could have played the Crystalline Elder Sign instead. Well, maybe we'll get to play it this turn, but yeah, so busy seeing what I was looking at in the top nine that I didn't actually look again at my hand. Uh, I think we don't commit anything and hope to pass with a plus one. 
minus three, so we fail and that's added to our threat area. The first treachery in our threat area. First action, rook. Second action, investigate. Third action, move. Hmm, not so good. First action, investigate. Second action, move. Third action, maybe play Crystalline Elder Sign. Let's do it. We're a five on four, what can we commit? I don't really want to commit anything. So maybe we do use Rook to go looking for another card. We'll tap Rook for no. So I'm pausing here because we've not moved at all yet. We have got one clue. Maybe it's worth not worrying too much about movement because we just need to slowly get set up and be in a kind of indomitable position. What intellect icons would I want to commit if I found them to get me past the four here? Ah, or first action I move somewhere else, second action I investigate. That starts charging up the camera and I come back and grab this clue. That is some good thinking. Maybe I save the crack the case. Okay, so which decrepit door do we go to? There are no markings or clues which would inform us to who this room once belonged to. Only the stench of mould and the sounds of rats scampering on the other side. We're going to go south. It is Joe Mazurowicz's room. Three shroud and a clue. As an action, you can search your deck for a blessed or item asset and add it to your hand. Group limit once per game. And the haunted effect is you must either take a horror or choose and discard an asset you control. First action, move. Second action, investigate. We're two up. Zero. Clue. And the Hawkeye folding camera charges up. We're now willpower five. And last action, I think we just move back. Sets us up to do another move like we've just done. We're all right with the card we're getting. We don't want to rook necessarily yet. The other option is we rook for nine now. If we see Vengeful Hound, we kill it. If we don't see Vengeful Hound, we maybe get resources and play Crystalline Elder Sign. Let's do that. That is actually better, isn't it? It's more set up. Rook for nine. Knowledge is power, shortcut, working a hunch, split the angle, astounding revelation, Hawkeye folding camera, occult lexicon, knowledge is power, deduction. Hmm. Not really wild about any of these cards. Maybe one of the knowledge is powers. The reason I don't want the Hawkeye or the Occult Lexicon is we're about to get the Black Book and we've already got one hand slot filled. I'm not bothered about Split the Angle. Deduction we don't need yet. The shortcut could be useful as well. We'll take a Knowledge's Power, keep our shrivelings going. And do we add a Secret to Rook or do we take two resources? I think we take two from that Astounding Revelation, which means we have no Rook charges left. Probably last action will be to play Crystalline Elder Sign. Let's again just see what's on top of the deck. It's a weird way of playing, isn't it? There's always this pause moment of, oh, hang on, quick shuffle. You had a problem. Top card of the deck is Knowledge is Power for the third time. I'm not going to say who shuffled this deck because you know it was me. Right, pay three. We're down to one resource. Where's that juicy plus one? Oh, it's the first token I see. Stat line now of six, six, three, two. Nice. Upkeep. Knowledge's power comes to hand. We go up to two resources, and the next card is split the angle. We hit three doom. Ooh. And when our turn ended, we needed to discard the top card of the encounter deck, which was extra dimensional vision. And our card is racked. Put it into play in our threat area. We get minus one to each of our skills during the first test we perform each round. So we would be a five on three trying to get rid of that. Actions could be get rid of, move investigate let's give it a go 
we're five on three trying to get rid of it. Cultist, reveal another token. Minus two, pass. We don't discard the top three of the encounter deck and it is gone. Second action will move to the moldy halls. Third action will investigate. Five, six on four. I'm tempted to put one of these knowledge of powers in. I have two to try and get seven on four. Elder thing, that's a minus three. So we pass, we get the clue. We get a Hawkeye folding camera charge and I'll play crack the case to get us four resources, taking us up to six. We've got the three clues we need to advance. Walter Gilman's room where we need to spend the clues says the door to Walter Gilman's room is locked as an additional cost to enter. Investigators must spend a clue as a group. And we have to do that where we're standing now in the moldy halls. So I suspect that's what we're doing first action next turn. At the end of our turn, we discard a Diabolic Voices from the Encounter deck. We draw Split the Angle. The next card is Shortcut and go up to seven resources. We're about to advance, so let's do a little hand check. We have Mr. Rook and Split the Angle, and then we have four events. Knowledge is Power, Shortcut, Storm of Spirits, Delve Too Deep. We've got a Crystalline Elder Sign, a Hawkeye Folding Camera, a Rook with no charges, and a Shriveling with three charges in play and we're on seven resources and three clues. We're in a quite nice place. We hit four doom in advance though. Rats in the walls. As you explore the old dilapidated house, the telltale scratching and scurrying in the walls becomes louder and more frequent. Every now and again, a fanged furry creature darts across the wooden floor, scampering in and out of rat holes in the walls. You wonder if this house is more rat than wood. If Brown Jenkin is in play, Search the encounter deck and discard pile for a swarm of rats and spawn it at Brown Jenkins' location. If Brown Jenkins is not in play, search the encounter deck and discard pile for him and spawn it at the lead, lead investigator's location. Back comes Brown Jenkins. And then there's also a rule for three or four investigators, which we can ignore. The familiar. The descriptions of the darting little furry object which served as her familiar were so painfully realistic, despite their incredible details. That's from your man Lovecraft in Dreams of the Witch House. Each non-weakness enemy now gets plus two health, and after you defeat Brown Jenkin or Nahab, gain a clue. Six doom. Our encounter card is... Shapes in the Mist. It surges, and it has a revelation ability to resolve each haunted ability on your location. Well, there go three of the four Crack the Case resources. And that surges into a swarm of rats. Ugh. Well, hmm... Swarm of Rats have three fight, three health, and three evade. And Brown Jenkin has three fight, three health, and four evade. I was just wondering how I was going to slowly shrivel down Brown Jenkin and Swarm of Rats. And now I wonder if we just storm them. Pay three to do six damage. It would kill both and we'd get a clue from Brown Jenkin without engaging him. And we could then move up to Walter Gilman's room and try and... We wouldn't even need to get a clue because we'd get one from killing Brown Jenkin. So let's pay three for Storm of Spirits level three. Storm of Spirits level three gives us plus two willpower for the attack. So we're a four, five, six, seven, eight against three. So there's no point in boosting. Eight on three, attacking the rats. Elder thing. If that's revealed, we need to deal two damage to each investigator at our location. So I think we kill our empty Mr. Rook. 
but we still pass minus three. That makes us a five on three. So we do three damage to the rats, killing them, and three damage to Brown Jenkin, killing him and getting us a clue. We're up to four clues. Second action, we move to Walter Gilman's room, spending a clue. For whatever reason, this room was kept locked even after the building was condemned. You wonder where the key might be. It's four shroud and a clue. As an action, you can draw three cards and take a horror, limit once per game, and the haunted effect is to discard two cards from the encounter deck. Gilman's room was of good size, but queerly irregular shape, the north wall slanting perceptibly inward from the outer to the inner end, while the low ceiling slanted gently downward in the same direction. Creepy. Well, we are now in Walter Gilman's room, so let's spend our three clues in advance. We've still got an action left. Spectre of the Past. Standing in a dead man's room is disconcerting enough, but what you find within is enough to make you want to leave and never return. Walter Gilman's journal is filled with descriptions of his dreams and visions, each more terrifying and perplexing than the last. He mentions seeing the figure of Keziah Mason on more than one occasion, and at one point calls her by another name, Nahab. As soon as you read the name aloud, the nearby window shatters, and an all-too-familiar spectral mist invades the cramped space. When it recedes, everything about the room has changed. A work desk and an aged bookshelf occupy the far corner of Gilman's room, where his bed should be. The door you entered from is gone. Strange geometrical markings drawn with a sticky red substance cover the walls. I'm guessing that's not a crayon? Swap Walter Gilman's room with the set-aside Kaziah's room, taking its place. All tokens and cards at the former location are now at the new location. So Kaziah's room has gained us a clue then, because we hadn't got this clue. Remove each other location in play from the game. Farewell, Moldy Halls and Joe Mazurowitz's room. Choose an investigator to take control of the set-aside The Black Book asset. Shuffle both set-aside copies of Strange Geometry into the encounter deck. The Black Book is three-cost asset. It has willpower, intellect, and wild icons. So it's a little bit like Split the Angle. It gives us plus one willpower and plus one intellect. And it has a reaction when you play a card, exhaust it, and take X horror, reduce that card's cost by X. He must sign in his own blood the Book of Azathoth and take a new secret name. So that goes in our other hand slot, and that means we now are four, five, six, seven, seven, eight, three, two. I don't mind that as a stat line. Seven willpower, pretty nice. Eight intellect, we should be able to investigate almost anywhere without boosting. Let's look at Kaziah's room, and then let's look at Act 2A. Gilman could not have told what he expected to find there, but he knew he wanted to be in the building where some circumstance had more or less suddenly given a mediocre old woman of the 17th century an insight into mathematical depths, perhaps beyond the utmost modern delvings of Planck, Heisenberg, Einstein and De Sitter. It's three shroud, normally no clues. We brought a clue with us from Walter Gilman's room. The haunted effect is discard cards from the top of the encounter deck until a hex card is discarded. Draw that card. Not very nice. But there's also a reaction after you successfully investigate Kaziah's room. Instead of discovering clues, put the top card of the Unknown Places deck into play, unrevealed. Then you may move to that location. And the Unknown Places is seven cards. 
and we know that in the bottom four is the witch house ruins, which I think is what we're looking for. Let's read Act 2 and find out. Beyond the witch house, among the books in this strange room is a black, nameless tome inscribed with dried red blood. It matches a description from Walter Gilman's journal of a tome he names The Black Book. This room must be the haunt of Keziah Mason from over 200 years ago. It is rumoured that Keziah had discovered deep mathematical truths that allowed her to traverse space and time. Perhaps you can find a way out using this knowledge. Norman's mind is spinning at this point. Is Keziah the kind of scientist he should have been following rather than those losers Einstein and De Sitter? We need five clues, of which we have zero, and only investigators in witch house ruins may spend the requisite number of clues as a group to advance. And we have a solitary action left, and one resource. Our hand again is rook, split the angle, shortcut, delve too deep, and knowledge is power, and we do have a shortcut on top of our deck. I wonder if we just investigate now, either for the clue or to put a first location into play, and at least it gives us options for movement. So let's investigate. We're a five, six, seven, eight on three. Elder thing, that's a pass. And we'll take this clue, I think. We're going to need to build up clues. Next turn, we can move on. Upkeep, we draw the shortcut. The next card is a Hawkeye folding camera, which we can ignore. And we go up to two resources. We hit one of six doom. Ah, and we forgot disquieting dreams, so we discard a pulled by the stars and draw Realm of Torment. Revelation, put Realm of Torment into play in your threat area. When your turn begins, resolve each haunted ability on your location. Ugh. And then at the end of the turn, it's a willpower three to get rid of it. So we have to discard cards from the top of the encounter deck until a hex card is discarded. Diabolic voices, shapes in the mist, strange geometry, rats, diabolic voices, Realm of Torment, fate of all fools, Meddlesome Familiar, Extra-Dimensional Visions. Revelation, test willpower 2. If you fail, discard an asset you control. Horrible. And this test gets plus 1 difficulty for every 10 cards in the encounter discard pile. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. So there are 15 cards in the discard pile, which means it's difficulty 3. We are a 4, 5, 6, 7 on 3. Let's do it. Minus one, pass. That's our turn beginning, at least. We just need to get out of here and start exploring, don't we? Or do we delve first action now? Costs us one. I think we move first, because if we hit something that triggers Haunted again, we could be in a lot of pain. So we're eight on three, trying to move. Minus three, we pass. We put an unknown places into play, and we get to move to it if we want to. We will. It's the physics classroom. Four shroud and one clue. A place of higher learning or a place where higher learning is shackled. Man, this place is speaking to us as Norman. After you successfully investigate physics classroom by two or more, discover a clue at another revealed location, limit once per round. Ugh, if we'd come here first, we could have got the Kaziah clue. That was our first action coming here. Second action, let's investigate. Eight on four. Skull, minus three. Clue. Last action. Don't really want to move back to Kaziah's room in case we don't clear Realm of Torment. 
We do have two shortcuts in hand that would help us get back. Hmm. Could just take a resource, or we could do a cheeky last action delve. Let's do it. It's crazy, but let's do it. We pay one for delve. The top card of the encounter deck is a swarm of rats. Damn. And that goes in the victory display. In the enemy phase, the rats hit us for a damage. Well, we earned that one. Oh no, before the enemy phase, we discard the top card of the encounter deck. It's Centuries of Secrets, and we need to clear Realm of Torment. Seven on three. Elder Thing, pass. Was there anything we could have done? We could have Knowledge is Powered to damage the rats by two, but they have three health. So that wouldn't have got us out of this bind. So we're definitely taking a damage. Upkeep. We draw the Hawkeye Folding Camera. The next card is Ethereal Form. Hmm. And we got two resources. We hit two Doom. And our encounter card is Meddlesome Familiar. Revelation. If Brown Jenkin is not in play, search the encounter deck and discard pile for him. Spawn him at your location and take one damage. Well, starting to quite rue that delve. Here's Brown Jenkin hanging out at our location. We could shrivel the rats. Knowledge is power the rats. So we'd still have two shriveling charges left after that. The rats would be dead. Shortcut to Kaziah's room. We'd still have only spent one action. We could then explore to another location. And that would take us two away from Brown Jenkin. So we'd at least be able to manipulate what Brown Jenkin's up to. Kind of like that. We could shrivel rats... Knowledge is Power Rats, Engage Brown Jenkin, Ethereal Form Brown Jenkin. It doesn't really help us. We've got Rook in hand. It would be nice to play Rook at some point, but we're only on two resources. Evasion, I think, is going to be very useful because damage will build up soon. Getting another Shriveling down might be more important than playing this Rook. So keeping an eye out for an opportunity to just get that down and keep our damage output up. Likewise, there's a Mists level 4 somewhere in there. That would be really helpful for evading and moving on. In this instance, I don't think we can reliably get away from these rats. I don't know if paying two for ethereal form is worth it on these rats, when we could just kill them. So I'll spend a shriveling charge. Nine on three. Elder thing. It's a pass, but we do take a horror. And we do two damage. And I'll play knowledge is power. To do another shrivel. Nine on three. Tentacle. That is somewhat annoying. We take another horror. Second action, we shrivel again. Or do we? We could punch. We're a three on three. No, we shrivel again. We get rid of these hunting rats. Elder thing again. Wow. So that is three horror we've taken in two actions. We're up to three horror. Luckily, our camera did charge up when we cleared the physics classroom. So we do have sanity of nine. It's a third of our horror in two actions gone. And the rats are dead. We have a single action left. So we'll play a shortcut taking us to Kaziah's room. And we'll investigate here. Eight on three. Skull. That's a pass. And we'll put the next unknown places into play and move to it. The reason I'm going there is the physics classroom is only connected back to Kaziah's room, so it gives us a bit of distance from Brown Jenkin. It's Moldy Hall's Earlier Tonight, Two Shroud, No Clues, Action, You Request Aid from Your Past Self, 
Each investigator at this location may return one card from his or her discard pile to his or her hand. Each investigator who does so remembers that he or she meddled with the past. Group limit once per game. Our discard pile, shortcut, knowledge is power, storm of spirits three, rook, crack the case, knowledge is power, two astounding revelations, and a eureka. I think we all know that that storm of spirits three is incredibly tasty. At the end of my turn, we discard an evil past from the top of the encounter deck. Brown Jenkin hunts to Kaziah's room. We draw ethereal form and reveal a working hunch on top of our deck and go up to three resources. And we hit three doom. Our encounter card is Fate of All Fools. There are no copies in play, so that goes in our threat area. Hmm. What do we do this turn? Very tempted by requesting aid from earlier tonight. Moving to Kaziah's room and investigating would get us away from Brown Jenkin, but then he would hunt after us. So is there a way of killing him this turn with only one shriveling charge? Probably not. Is it worth grabbing the Storm of Spirits, moving, shortcutting to Brown Jenkin, engage and storming him? It's an expensive way of dealing with him, and we'd be broke. We could aid, shortcut, engage, ethereal form him. We really want to bait him down here and then run off. Hmm. Tricky. What's in our hand? We don't mind losing Split the Angle or Hawkeye Folding Camera, but we do have a shortcut, an ethereal form, and a Mr. Rook. And Brown Jenkin moving in on us and clearing out all of those things is somewhat annoying. We only have one shriveling charge. So if we then draw into, say, a Rats from the top of the encounter deck and the Vengeful Hound, we're really in a sticky position. I think we have to kill Brown Jenkin. So what I'm thinking is, you know, we could do a request aid from past self, shortcut to Kaziah's room, investigate to another unknown places, but he's going to hunt in and empty our hands. So grabbing the Storm of Spirits then is useless. Likewise, we could get aid from past self, move to him, evade him. So that's two actions, engage, evade. Then he's just readying next turn and he's a problem again. If we've evaded him with ethereal form, we've spent two of our three resources, which then puts us in a hole for trying to storm him. So I think an action to grab Storm of Spirits and go and one-shot him means that then he's gone again. Fingers crossed we don't draw another meddlesome familiar, and at least we have a bit more freedom to explore the board, and we're not always thinking, how do we deal with this guy? So first action, I'll request aid from my past self. I'll play the shortcut, which moves me back to Kaziah's room. Second action, I'll engage Brown Jenkin. And third action, I'll spend three to play Storm of Spirits and shrivel at a nine on three. And shrivel and storm. It's a skull, which means we take two damage. We're at three damage and three horror of six and eight, respectively. Brown Jenkin dies, and we get a clue for doing it. We're at three clues. That's our turn. Upkeep, we draw working a hunch. The next card is an astounding revelation, bit annoying. We hit one resource, we go to four doom. So situation, three health left and uh, six sanity left, kind of scary. That's one of the challenges of secret name. We don't really have any, well, we don't have any cancellation to stop things like that happening. The only soak we have is a single Mr. Rook left and we're two resources off getting Rook. If we were to 
resource resource play rook next turn we could then tap him and get hit that last astounding revelation which is nice we wouldn't have an action to kill the hound though resource resource tap but as ever i'm getting ahead of myself we need to see what our oh we forgot to disquieting dreams as well that was a fate of all fools and that means our card is terror in the night uh it's willpower four test if you fail it just goes into play next to the agenda deck but if you fail by three or more it gains surge we're a four five six seven on four elder sign mm. <laughs> well so so interesting we're gonna pass we could put Rook on the top of our deck, but that means we draw the Astounding Revelation. So that means with the triggering of the Astounding Revelation won't happen. We could then play Rook for a one resource discount, which is maybe worth it. Take a resource, play Rook, not tap him, and investigate last action. We just discard the Astounding Revelation or keep it in hand. I think we do that. We don't want to put on top of our deck Ethereal Form because we don't need to evade this turn. Hawkeye Folding Camera, no. Split the Angle, no could put working a hunch on top of our deck. Either way, we're drawing the Astounding Revelation. First action resource, second action play Rook for cheap off the top of our deck. Comes in with three secrets. And the top card of our deck now is Mists of Rillier. Mmm, that could be helpful, particularly when we don't have the other shriveling. Let's find another Unknown Places. Elder Thing. We pass again, eight on three. We move straight in there, and it is Court of the Great Old Ones, a not-too-distant future. Three shroud, two clues. After you enter Court of the Great Old Ones, test willpower three. For each point you fail by, take horror. And the haunted effect here is the next action you perform this round must be an investigate action. Ooh. Seven on three. Minus two, we don't take any horror. That was our three. Resource, Rook, Investigate. Disquieting Dreams, Chucks a Bedeviled. We draw the Mists. The next card is a Mind Over Matter. We go up to one resource. Our hand is Mists. Hawkeye Folding Camera, Split the Angle. Working a Hunch, Ethereal Form, Astounding Revelation. We hit five of six Doom. And our encounter card is Racked. Minus one to our skills for the first skill test we perform each round. Do we rook now and look for another shriveling? If we hit the hound, we just kill the hound with the shriveling. We don't have enough resources to pay for the other shriveling, though. I think we just investigate twice and head back to Kaziah's room. Just keep moving. We're five, six, seven, eight, seven on three. First action. Cultist. Reveal another token. Zero. Clue, we're no longer racked for the turn. Try again, eight on three. Minus three, clue. Last action, head back to Kaziah's room. We discard, pulled by the stars. We draw the mind over matter. The next card on our deck is Premonition, and we go up to two resources. And we hit six doom. I believe things kick off now. <laughs> And are we really ready for it? Maybe with ethereal form. The crone. A dizzying violet light emerges from the crevices of the ramshackle house, behind cracks in the wooden panelling and underneath the floor, bathing you from every angle. An inhuman squeal mocks you as a figure emerges from the witch light. 
only a hint of humanity remains in her crooked and broken form. The crone cackles with a nightmarish timbre, her voice echoing and resounding from the realm beyond. If it's Act 2, spawn the set-aside Nahab in Kaziah's room. Nahab is she who signed the Black Book. She has one fight, one per investigator health, but we're getting a plus three in a moment, so that'll be four health, and three evade, hunter and retaliate. Do not remove doom from Nahab when the agenda advances, and she gets plus X fight, where X is the number of the current agenda, which is about to be three. So she's going to be a four, four, three, and after the enemy phase begins, if Nahab is ready, place one doom on her. So she engages us. Shuffle both set-aside copies of Ghostly Presence into the encounter deck. Find Brown Jenkin and place him in Nahab's current location. Blah. Well, now a storm would be lovely, wouldn't it? Storm and kill. Well, we couldn't even kill him, though, could we? So now health four. We have a situation developing. We have the five clues we need to advance. We have, what, three VP at the moment with that delve. As ever, we should read the next agenda and then make a plan. Agenda 3A, the witch light. In the dazzling violet light of dream, the old woman and the fanged furry thing came again and with a greater distinctness than on any former occasion. This time, they actually reached him and he felt the crone's withered claws clutching at him. Each non-weakness enemy gets plus three health. Brown Jenkin four, Nahab four. After you defeat either of them, Gain a clue from the token bank. Eight, Doom. Our encounter card is Strange Geometry. Put Strange Geometry into play and move to it. It's four shroud and a clue. After the investigation phase ends, discard Strange Geometry and move each investigator and enemy here to the location with the most clues. Each investigator who moved by this effect takes one damage and one horror, and free trigger, if strange geometry has no clues on it, move to any revealed location. Whew. So Brown Jenkin doesn't come with us because Brown Jenkin is aloof and just hanging out in Kaziah's room. Nahab, however, has come with us. We could shrivel Nahab for two damage. She'd have two health left. We could then play mind over matter and punch her twice. That would be four damage total. Nahab would be removed. We'd get a clue. The investigation phase would end, so we'd move to the location with the most clues, which is any location we like. Maybe the physics classroom. Brown Jenkin would hunt to us and empty our hand, so we'd lose ethereal form, mists, things like that. But Nahab would be gone. Alternative, we ethereal form Nahab now, get the clue second action, Free trigger move to Kaziah's room and find another location. But if that location has clues, Nahab then spawns on us at a future round because the enemies move to the location with the most clues. And then we need another way of dealing with Nahab and Brown Jenkin again would have cleared our hand out. I think we kill Nahab. The problem we have is dealing with enough, dealing with too many enemies and slightly resources. So I think actually getting rid of her, if we can, is a good way to be. Let me check that she can be defeated. Yes, she won't be getting doom then. Brown Jenkin is just going to keep milling our hand, but so 
be it, we have rook to tap to grab another ethereal form if we see our the vengeful hound. Let's do it. We shrivel four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, but we're racked, so it's an eight on four. Minus two, two damage to Nahab. We pay one for mind over matter. We can now use our intellect in place of our combat and agility. We're a five, six, seven, eight intellect, so we punch Nahab. Zero, one damage. She's on three. And we do it again. Elder thing, that is a pass. Nahab is defeated, which gets us a clue. We're up to six. And that is the end of our turn. At the end of our turn, we discard Meddlesome Familiar. And at the end of the investigation phase, we discard Strange Geometry. We move to the location with the most clues. Everything has zero, so we're going to go to Physics Classroom. It doesn't have a haunted effect, which is good. And it means Brown Jenkin will head up there, which means then we get a bit of distance between us and Brown Jenkin. We do, however, take a damage and a horror for that. I'm going to put them on Rook. In the enemy phase, Brown Jenkin hunts, and we discard Mists, Hawkeye Folding Camera, Split the Angle, Working Hunch, Ethereal Form, Astounding Revelation, six cards, and we draw Premonition, Occult Lexicon, Deduction, Premonition, Crack the Case, I've Got a Plan, and Reveal, Ethereal Form. Oh my word, there are weaknesses coming up for sure. We've got four cards left in our deck, and we've not seen either weakness. Upkeep. We go to two resources, we draw ethereal form, and the next card is 13th Vision. <laughs> Mythos, one of eight doom. Our encounter card is Centuries of Secrets. Well, this could kill Rook. Oh, after 13th Vision, we reveal the next card, which is Shriveling. So we normally are a four. We're a five, six, seven. So we're a seven on five. We do fail ties. Let us... If we use a premonition, we could chuck an ethereal form if we need to. What does the premonition tell us? It's a tentacle, so we don't commit anything. and We fail with a tentacle, which means we fail by five. Terror in the night, disquieting dreams, bedeviled, terror in the night, ghostly presence. None of those are curses. We take zero damage. Yes! What do we do? We could play Shriveling for two. There are two cards left in our deck below it. Is one, well, which one is the Vengeful Hound? And how do we kill it? We play Shriveling, which charges up our Shriveling. We shrivel it. And we then, maybe then Premonition again. Brown Jenkin then empties our hand again. And we draw up again, which would loop our deck, which isn't the end of the world. And that sets up Rooking. I've got a plan as well. We could take a resource, engage Brown Jenkin, plan Brown Jenkin. We wouldn't get to play Shriveling then, which means we'd then be scrambling with whatever when we draw the Hound. So that doesn't seem that good. Can we play Shriveling, get away from Brown Jenkin? If the card underneath Shriveling is 50% chance, if the card underneath Shriveling isn't Hound, we can play Brown Jenkin, uh, play Shriveling, move to Kazaya's room, explore away. In upkeep, the hound turns up, but we're ready to kill it. Either way, we need to play the shriveling, I think. 
otherwise we're in a really sticky situation. So we spend two, play it off the top of our deck, it comes into play with four charges, and the next card is the Vengeful Hound. Okay, well, we're kind of committing to staying here then, I think. Second action, we shrivel. Four, five, six, seven on two. It's a skull, which is a pass, because that makes us a four on two, but we do take a horror. We're on four of nine horror, and the hound is dead. We're about to take another horror, aren't we, for drawing the last card in our deck, or for drawing after that. We can't clear 13th vision. A bit stumped. Do I just move back to Kazaya's room? Ready to move. Could draw a card. That means the deck is empty. I'm pretty sure the rule for drawing cards is that if you can't do, if you can't complete the draw, you shuffle and carry on. Let me check. Yeah, so under drawing cards, when a player draws more two or more cards as a result of a single ability or game step, those cards are drawn simultaneously. If a deck empties mid-draw, reset the deck and complete the draw. So when Brown Jenkin makes me lose five or six cards, I'm going to draw the top one card of my deck. Oh, which I should have revealed. It's Eureka. Hmm. Can we do something cheeky with Eureka now? We could investigate here. It won't do very much for us, though. We can't commit Eureka because it's there. We could rook to pick up Eureka. I think we just head to Gaziah's room. Last action. It's not super efficient, but so be it. And then we play the premonition before our turn ends. The next test is going to be a tentacle. Ooh. Enemy phase, Brown Jenkin hunts to us. Oh, we should have discarded a card from the top. It's another Centuries of Secrets. And he makes us discard five cards. Occult Lexicon, Plan, Ethereal Form, Crack the Case, Deduction. So we draw Eureka, that's one card, and then we shuffle our deck. We got five horror. We have the clues we need. We have five. I'm pretty sure if we have seven, we can more or less turbo through the scenario and finish. The challenge is we've only been to three of seven unknown places. Everyone after now could be the one we want, but we just need to get them. And I think there's at least a couple more that have VP, but who wants to be trying to hunt for VP when you've only got three health and four sanity left? So I drew the Eureka, I draw four more cards, Mr. Rook, Crack the Case, Mists, and Shortcut. The top card of my deck is Storm of Spirits. And in upkeep, I draw Storm of Spirits, revealing Astounding Revelation, go to one resource. So my hand is Rook, Crack the Case, Mists, Shortcut, Storm of Spirits, Eureka. In my play area, there's one empty shriveling and one shriveling with three charges on it. Charged up Hawkeye Folding Camera and Black Book, Crystalline Elder Sign and Mr. Rook with three charges. And we place a Doom, we're at two Doom, and draw an encounter card. Ghostly Presence. If Nahab is in play, ready her, resolve her hunter keyword, and she attacks each investigator at her location. If Nahab is at sight of sacrifice, place a doom on her. Otherwise, search the encounter deck and discard path for Nahab and spawn her at your location. Beast Nahab. This is starting to get super tight, isn't it? And we know that the first action we take, we're going to tentacle on because of that premonition. Well, why don't we tap Rook? We can see that there's an Astounding Revelation coming. I think we tap Rook for nine. We hit an Astounding Revelation. The other cards are Split the Angle, Astounding Revelation, Ethereal Form, Occult Lexicon, Knowledge is Power. Could be good. 
mind over matter, I've got a plan, shortcut. We could try and evade Nahab and tentacle it. Storm of spirits, because this astounding revelation is going to get us two resources. Knowledge is power to kill Nahab. And then move away. Yeah, let's do it. I think this is a good plan. What is it about secret name that it really induces a kind of brain burn? It's really, I think it's slightly, you know, tracking cards in threat area. But then also there's just a sort of a claustrophobia to battling in the witch house. Top card is a Hawkeye folding camera. Okay, we can do this. We can do this. Come on. First action, evade. I would be a two with Crystalline Elder Sign. Racked makes me a one. So I'm a one on three evading. And I fail because I draw the tentacle that I premonitioned earlier. That's first action. Second action, I pay three for Storm of Spirits, targeting Nahab. She's a four fight. I'm a four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine on four. Don't think I'd commit a Eureka to it. Zero. I do three damage to Nahab and three damage to Brown Jenkin. I play Knowledge's Power, targeting Shriveling. I'm a nine on four Shriveling Nahab. Skull, that kills Nahab, getting me a clue. And I take a Horror, taking me up to six of nine Horror. I have one action left. I will investigate. I'm going to lose all the cards in my hand. So I will commit Eureka. Nine on three. Minus three. The next unknown places goes into play and I will move there. It is Twilight Abyss. Two shroud, two clues. Those organic entities whose motions seemed least flagrantly irrelevant and unmotivated were probably projections of life forms from our own planet, including human beings. After you enter, you have to test Combat or Agility 3... For each point you fail by, take a damage. Ugh. It does connect to the Court of the Great Old Ones. Not that I'm going to be going there. Damage could be killer. My combat is three, and I have nothing I could add to boost. Or my agility is two, and I could chuck a shortcut and a mists. And a reason for doing that would be that Brown Jenkin is about to come and discard them from my hand anyway. So I will do that. Shortcut and mists go in. Ooh, sorry, Eureka just triggered then from passing that test, revealing I've got a plan, Premonition, and the folding camera. So I could have taken Premonition with me, which I'll now play in the window of this test before I commit anything. And we see what the top card of my deck is. It's I've got a plan. Oh, which I just shuffle back in. Premonition is going to be a, an Elder thing, which is a minus three. And if I fail, resolve the Hunter keyword on each enemy in play. So even if I were to put two Agility icons in, I'd be a two, three, four, and I would fail. Or if I do Combat, I would fail. And, ooh, scarily, I would take a lot of damage. I think I still do Agility to go four on three. Elder thing is a minus three, so I'm a one on three. I fail by two which means I take two damage, which I put on me. I'm a four, five of six. And because I fail, Brown Jenkin hunts in here. End of my turn. 
a discard the top card of the encounter deck. It's Evil Past, and that is the last card of the deck. When the encounter deck runs out, discard Disquieting Dreams and reveal the top 10 cards of your deck. Draw each weakness revealed and discard each other revealed card. I've got a plan. Working a hunch. Eureka. Mind over matter. Knowledge is power. Deduction. Ethereal form. Vengeful hound. Ethereal form. Shortcut. So we draw the vengeful hound. We discard all of those. The new top card of our deck is a cult lexicon. And we shuffle the encounter deck. Positives. We've got seven clues. Negatives. We've got one health and three sanity left as well as a second health and a second sanity on Rook. We've got Vengeful Hound, 13th Vision, and Brown Jenkin all in our face, as well as Fate of All Fools and Wrecked. We've only got two cards in hand, and we're about to discard them. Mm. Is it a case of trying to take a mental trauma here and avoid defeat? I don't know. In the enemy phase... Oh, damn! The Vengeful Hound attacks us in the enemy phase, because that was just the end of our turn when that happened. So the Vengeful Hound kills Rook, has to, and then we discard the other Rook and crack the case in our hand and draw a cult lexicon and another crack the case and reveal an astounding revelation because Brown Jenkin mills our hand. Upkeep, we draw that astounding revelation, revealing another astounding revelation and go to one resource. We place a Doom and our encounter card is Diabolic Voices. We would be a seven, we're a six with Racked. Elder Thing, that's a minus three, so we're a three on three. We fail because we have 13th vision out and we fail ties, but the penalty for Diabolic Voices failure is for each point you fail by, and we fail by zero. So nothing happens. We do resolve the Hunter keyword of each enemy in play because we failed that test, but they're both on us already. First action, let's shrivel this hound, and then let's get out of here. Many on two. Skull, that is a kill, but we take another horror. We have two sanity left. Or do we try and get these Twilight Abyss clues to the VP? I think we move... I think the win is more important if we can pull it off. So we move to Gaziah's room and we try and get another place. If we can find the Witch House Ruins, I think we have enough clues to just to win. So let's do it. Move to Gaziah's house. Eight on three investigating. Minus two. Put another unknown places into play. It's Salem Jail, 1692. Three shroud, one clue. Test intellect three. If you succeed, move to any revealed location. Limit once per game. Haunted, move to Kaziah's room. Doesn't have a VP. In the enemy phase, Brown Jenkin hunts to Kaziah's room. At last, we don't have disquieting voices, so we don't have to remember something to discard. We draw that other astounding revelation. The top card of our deck is a folding camera and we hit two resources. We have one health and two sanity left. We hit four doom, and our encounter card is Meddlesome Familiar. Brown Jenkin is in play, so we search the encounter deck and discard pile for a swarm of rats, spawn it engaged with us, and take one damage. And that damage defeats us. I don't think I have any way of soaking that damage on anything else. Oof. Flashes of vision spark your memory as you are dragged along the dirty wooden floor. A foul ceremony. The house. Nahab. A rhythmic chant. The spiralling black vortex. A dark revelry. The primal chaos. A child's cries. A writhing tunnel inside your chest. We go to R1. Our victory display is three. 
and we get two bonus XP because we defeated Brown, Jenkin, and Nahab, so we get five. And we also discover Gilman's journal, and we can add a skull to the book bag to keep the black book, which I think we will do. Unfortunately, we weren't at Act 3A, so we don't get Kazaya's formulae, and that's all that happens. One physical trauma, not particularly nice, but we did a decent enough attempt there. There were two unknown places next, and wow, the Witch House Ruins was the bottom one, so that's kind of annoying. We left two XP out there, it's not the end of the world. Five seems, seems decent, I'll take it. Cool, stay tuned, I'll do some deck upgrading and catch you soon. This time for the wages of sin. It's funny actually, setting this scenario up, it's super tough solo, like this is a punishing one, but I was thinking, yes, I haven't played it for a while, I was excited. Uh, this, there must be something wrong with me, right? Glutton for punishment. Okay, one physical trauma, pretty annoying for poor weak Norman, and I was seriously considering a deny five. I still think that should be something that we think about. What I've done instead here is go for a bit more consistency. MVP last game, Storm of Spirits. So I've put a second in. Maybe we'll put our resources under strain. We'll have to keep an eye on that. And I've also put a Ward 2 in, because for another 3 XP we can get to Ward 5 and we can cancel enemies. And that might be our most direct way of avoiding damage. So there's a Ward 2 in there as a stepping stone. It also doesn't take up one of our 5 level 0 Mystic slots, which I quite like. I'd like another Crystalline Elder Sign, I'd like another Mists 4, I'd like a Ward 5 and a Deny 5. It's a lot of XP, that's what, 3 for the Ward 5, 8, 12 more, so I've kept Delve in, and if we can Delve in this scenario in the next, maybe that's the point we remove Delve. Agenda 1A, The Hanged Man, 12. Surrender yourself to the path of sacrifice. Consider the good of all before you act. Let go. Eight Doom. In pursuit of the dead, you've come to Hangman's Hill to investigate reports of ghost sightings and strange activity in the woods the last few nights, and to learn more about the witches who once hid in Arkham's past, witches who have since emerged from the shadows in pursuit of some unholy purpose. Locations cannot be flipped over. There are seven locations in play. There's a little triangle up to the northeast. No, northwest. I can't do east and west. And that is the gallows, haunted fields, and heretics' graves. And then there's a group to the northeast. That's the right, which is the chapel attic, the chapel crypt, and the abandoned chapel. The haunted fields and the abandoned chapel both connect to each other, and they also connect down to where I am, Hangman's Brook. It's four shroud and a clue. There's a resign, whose bright idea was this anyway? Norman thinks that a lot. Originating from a natural spring near the peak of Hangman's Hill, the narrow, shallow brook fills the surrounding woods with a quiet, peaceful babbling. The brook winds down the hill southward, forming the western border of Arkham's uptown district. All of these locations have another side, which is their spectral side, but locations cannot be flipped over, so we can't see them. 
There are five clues in play, one here and two each on haunted fields and abandoned chapel. We just need three clues to advance. Our chaos bag, we now have three skulls. They're minus X. X is one higher than the number of copies of unfinished business in the victory display. So there are zero at the moment, which means that skulls are minus one. Cultists are minus three until the end of the round. Each heretic enemy in play gets plus one fight and plus one evade. And that's not even if you fail, that's just punishing. And Elder Things, of which we have two, are minus two if you fail and this is an attack or evasion attempt, resolve each haunted ability on your location. Worth noting that spectral enemies at haunted fields deal plus one horror, and during the Mythos phase at the abandoned chapel, each investigator there gets minus one to each skill. Our opening hand is Storm of Spirits 3, Hawkeye Folding Camera, Premonition, Ward of Protection 2, and Mr. Rook. Hmm. Well, at a push, the storm would kill the hound. It's not the most efficient way of killing the hound. Do we throw four cards away here and just keep Mr. Rook and hope to see a shrivering um, mind over matter and ethereal form and mists? I think so. That is our priority. So chucking four again, we get a delve, a deduction, a mind over matter, and the black book. And the top card of our deck is the Hawkeye Folding. Oh no, it's not because I haven't shuffled those ones in yet. Let's go over those again. Black Book and Mr. Rook is nice. Mind of a Matter is a bit of protection. Deduction means we can clear one of these two locations pretty easily. Delve is going to sit in our hand for a while. So I think stage one, as I see it, is to more or less get set up and get these clues that are available. As I recall, clues help us deal with heretics, and there are four set aside. So cluing up has a purpose beyond advancing the act. The top card of our deck is Mr. Rook. Ooh, okay. So we could play Mr. Rook for two, see what we get. We've still got Mind Over Matter as an option. Let's do that as an action one. That feels very good. And the top card of our deck is Eureka. That's all right. Do we... Play the black book now and just go broke. We could move to the haunted fields and investigate with deduction. Get those two clues. Then we're ready to just move on and we've got a mind over matter protecting us. I think we don't go broke and play the black book because I think I'd like to be able to spend those resources on shriveling. So I think, yeah, we move and we get clues. Move to haunted fields. Few creatures call the wooded fields surrounding Hanman's Hill home. Patches of dark, pointed witchweed blossoms have choked out all other flora, and wisps of thin grey fog seep through the air like long fingers reaching out for something to grasp. And we'll investigate with deduction with three up. Minus three, two clues. Thank you, deduction. I could tap rook, but I've already used my deck discount, you know, my, my, my Norman ability, and I don't desperately need that Eureka, so I think I save the Rook charge, draw the Eureka, and then I'm ready to tap Rook at the start of next turn. Upkeep draws Eureka, and the top card of the deck is a Storm level 3. We go up to 4 resources, and we place 1 Doom. There are 2 encounter decks in this scenario. There's the normal encounter deck and the spectral encounter deck, so I'm going to try and point out which I'm drawing from. So I draw from the normal, because I'm not at a spectral location, and it's a Coven Initiate who discards the top two cards of the deck, Ominous Portents and Punishment. Ugh. 
how do I deal with a coven initiate? I think I tap rook for nine. Even if I see vengeful hound, I could use mind over matter to evade, evade, move. So let's do that, rook for nine. Storm of spirits, ward of protection two, astounding revelation, shriveling, shriveling, 13th vision, premonition, shortcut, crack the case. So astounding revelation, I'll take two resources, thank you very much. 13th vision comes into play, and then I have to pick something to draw. I think I take a shriveling, and maybe I just take an attack of opportunity to play shriveling, kill coven initiate, do one more thing. Unless the top card of my deck now is the hound, in which case I don't play shriveling and take a big hit. I do something else. Top card is ward of protection two. So yeah, I'm going to play shriveling, and I think I do kill the coven initiate because we just keep board control. Or do I try and evade the Coven Initiate? Chuck in a Eureka or Mind Over Matter it? No, we still go for it. Play three for Shriveling. Taking a Horror, which I'll put on Mr. Rook. Shrivel. Six on two. Minus two. Dead Coven Initiate. One action left. I have three resources. I could play the Black Book now. I'd go up to one resource. I've got the Shriveling out. I think I do it. Let's get the stats built up. Upkeep, I draw Ward of Protection. Next card is a Hawkeye Folding Camera, and I go to one resource. We hit two Doom, and my encounter card is Gravelight. Revelation, if Gravelight is drawn from the standard encounter deck, shuffle it into the spectral encounter deck, and it gains Surge. So in it goes. Surge is into Evil Past, which sits in my threat area, and when the standard encounter deck runs out, I take two Horror. Blech. Or... Do I cancel that and not worry about it? No, it's fine. I think it's fine. I think I play the Hawkeye Folding Camera off the top of my deck this turn, and maybe clear 13th vision, and then I'm set up next turn to walk into the abandoned crypt and grab those clues. First action, pay one. The top card is a Storm of Spirits. Second and third action, clear 13th vision. Do I use Rook? No, I don't think so. Upkeep draws me that Storm of Spirits and reveals the other Hawkeye Folding Camera. And we're back to one resource. Hand reminder, we have a Mr. Rook in hand, and then four events. Delve, Mind Over Matter, Ward of Protection, Storm of Spirits, and a Eureka. We hit three Doom. Our third encounter card is Centuries of Secrets. So I'm a willpower four, five with the black book. So I'm a five on five. I could commit Eureka and be six on five. That would take the two skulls out of the bag. Do I want to? Yeah, I do. Six on five. Minus two. I fail by one. So I discard the top card of the encounter deck. It's another evil past. Ugh. So that's a damage to me and a damage to Rook. Because that's a curse. That's a shame. Two damage for that card for that encounter card. Don't want to play Hawkeye Folding Camera off the top of my deck. Don't really want to use Rook this turn, I don't think. I think I move to the abandoned chapel, investigate twice. First action move, second action investigate, six on two, minus two, clue. Third action investigate, six on two, skull, that's a minus one, clue. We get a camera charge, our willpower is now six, and we're on four clues, so we could advance next turn. Upkeep, we draw the Hawkeye folding camera and reveal a premonition. We hit two resources. And we go to four Doom. Our encounter card is 
another coven initiate who mills a bedeviled and a vengeful witch. Shrivel her. Advance. Shrivel her. Tap rook for nine. Maybe shrivel the hound as well. Let's shrivel her. Yes, for sure shrivel her. Eight on two. Elder sign. Oh, what do we want to put on our deck, though? We could cheekily put the delve on top of our deck and delve for free. Let's do it. First action, kill her. Second action, play the delve for free, revealing knowledge is power. And the card we draw is ominous portents. Peril, revelation. You must either draw the top card of the spectral encounter deck. That card gains peril and its effects cannot be cancelled. Or test willpower three. If you fail, take two horror. Well, our willpower is four, five, six. We can commit this other Hawkeye folding camera to make it a seven, and we'll do the test. Elder thing, it's a minus two, so we pass. That is a VP. Nice. Don't necessarily want this knowledge as power off the top of the deck. We're on two resources. Would be good to see more astounding revelations and build up our economy. But do we want to cost ourselves a shriveling if we use Rook and have to kill the Hound? Hmm. So one action left. I could spend the three in advance. That's option one. I'd have one action left to do things. I think advancing places more clues so I could sort of investigate final action. Or my other option is to Rook now. I could still then advance if I don't see the Hound. If I do see the Hound, I've killed it. I'm down to one shriveling charge. And I'm starting to think, okay, how do I rebuild? I think I do the Rook, because he's taken a damage and a horror and I have another Rook in hand. I'd like to use his charges before he dies. So I'm going to do Rook for nine. Knowledge is power. Premonition. Storm of spirits. Astounding revelation. Knowledge is power. Vengeful hound. Ethereal form. Shortcut. Eureka. I think I take one of the two knowledge's powers there. I generate two resources for my troubles with the Astounding Revelation. And I draw Vengeful Hound. I shuffle my deck again. At least I'm up to four resources here. And last action. I think what I do is I knowledge is power to kill the Hound and then advance. Depending on what's on top of my deck. Or I knowledge is power to kill the Hound and play whatever's on top of my deck after the hound dies. Let's see. So knowledge is power, trigger it, vengeful hound. Four, five, six, seven, eight on two. Minus four, dead hound. The top card of my deck reveals it's a premonition. So I spend three clues and we advance with an action to spare. The barrier between. Soft chanting guides you to a gloomy clearing near the abandoned chapel. That's just where I am. A circle of witchweed surrounds the clearing, swaying gently in the breeze. At the centre of the clearing, a cloaked woman kneels in front of an unmarked grave, far from the remainder of the graveyard. You watch in quiet for a few minutes, while the woman sings an old, sombre melody. It reminds you somewhat of a child's lullaby, soothing, but with a dark gravity that betrays its purpose. As soon as the song ends, the woman's cloak dissolves into mist, and she vanishes in a swirl of shadows. Spawn one set-aside heretic enemy at each of the following locations. The gallows, heretic's graves, chapel attic, and chapel crypt. 
So those are the four locations that aren't the three we've been around. We add two clues to each of those locations and one clue to each of the other locations. So our 2VP that we've got from Haunted Fields and the abandoned chapel is unfortunately negated at the moment. We check the campaign log. If we have three or more mementos listed, we understand the tragic lyrics behind the witch's song. Each investigator puts into play one set-aside spectral web asset under his or her control. We have Mesmerising Flute, Scrap of Torn Shadow, and Gilman's Journal. That is three or more. So we do get a spectral web asset. Let's see what that does. It's a spell... And as an action, investigators at your location spend one to three clues as a group to fight. Use this ability only to attack a geist enemy. You may choose to use your willpower instead of your combat. Well, our willpower is currently four with the uh, five, six with the camera and the black book. So using that over our two combat is good. You get plus X skill value and deal plus X damage for this attack, where X is the amount of clues spent to trigger this ability. We currently have one clue, so we could do a two damage attack with the spectral web, sort of like a shriveling. The four heretics we've put into play are four fight, three evade, and two health, but they get two per investigator health, so they're all four four threes. They're monster, geist, witch, spectral, and elite. They're pretty beefy. While heretic is at a non-spectral location, it gains aloof and cannot be engaged or damaged. Free trigger, spend a clue, parlay, look at a heretic's other side without resolving its text. And forced, after heretic is defeated, flip it over and resolve the text on its other side. Quite a lot of information to take in. We've got the spectral web that can fight against these heretics. Every location has two clues on it, apart from the abandoned chapel and the haunted fields, which each have one. And yeah, the heretics are around us. Let's read In Pursuit of the Living Act 2. With the mist comes the revenants of the past, witches who were executed hundreds of years ago and whose hateful spirits have returned to wreak vengeance upon the living. If you can banish them, you might learn more of the coven's secrets. There's three bits of information here. The first is our goal. Banish as many heretics as you can if there are four copies of unfinished business in the victory display advance. So we've got to go interact with those heretics. Second is that as a free trigger, you can flip your location, group limit once per round at each location. And then the real kicker here is that clues cannot be discovered at non-spectral locations. So for our final action, if we wanted to get this clue from the abandoned chapel, we would need to flip our location as a free trigger and then investigate. Where do we get our Hawkeye folding camera charge from? The chapel or the haunted fields? I think we must have got it from the chapel. I'm going to put a horror there. The Hornkai Folding Camera cares limit once per game at each location. I think flipping the chapel doesn't make it a new location. So that's worth bearing in mind. Hand Reminder, Mr. Rook, Mind Over Matter, Ward of Protection, Storm of Spirits, Premonition. If we flip this location, we're staying here and we're taking a spectral card in the Mythos phase. Other options would be to draw the Premonition that's the top of our deck. It's all right. Take a resource, we're on four. I, I, I mean, I'm tempted to flip and clue. Yes, we take a spectral card, but potentially we can cancel it next turn if it's something cancelable because we've got ward in hand. And then next turn we rook and we move on somewhere. I'm also thinking if we can get to three clues, we can move in on one heretic, spend three clues and do a four damage hit. 
so we could maybe get the abandoned chapel clue, come back to Hangman's Brook and grab both clues there, get the Haunted Fields clue, and then we're kind of in this good situation to just one-shot a heretic. Okay, flipping it over, we do. In life, malfeasance. In dying, reconciliation. In death, reverence. It's victory one. During the mythos phase, we get minus one to each of our skills, and the haunted effect is until the end of the round, you get minus one to each of your skills. We investigate. We're a five, six, six against two. It's an elder thing, which is a minus two, so we don't fail and we don't trigger the haunted ability. We clear that location, but we've already cleared it on its non-spectral side, so we're not going to get a Hawkeye folding camera charge. The heretics luckily don't hunt. <laughs> we draw the premonition and our next card is an ethereal form, and we go to five resources. We hit five doom, and we're now at a spectral location, so we draw from the spectral encounter deck. It's Realm of Torment. When our turn begins, we would resolve the haunted ability on our location, which would be we'd get minus one to each skill until the end of the round. We'd still be a five against three trying to clear that later in the round, or do we just cancel it and not worry about it? It would be nice maybe to cancel something like Fate of All Fools so we're not worried about direct damage. We're still five, six, seven investigating. It would be a six investigating places, which isn't too bad. So we'll take it. Our turn begins. Until the end of the round we get minus one to each skill. First thing we should do is tap Rook for nine. Ethereal form, a Eureka, Mists of Rillier, working a hunch, shortcut, crystalline elder sign, crack the case, shortcut, ethereal form. Oh. Tempted by the mists, but I think we take the crystalline elder sign. And first action, we pay three Power it up. Do we then move to Hangman's Brook and try and get a clue? And next turn we would try and get a clue. Move on. Top card of our deck is... Oh, it's shriveling. And we haven't used the top card of our deck ability. So, first action, play Crystalline Elder Sign. Second action, pay two, play the shriveling. Luckily, Spectral Web does not take up an arcane slot. The new top card of our deck is a shortcut. We'll use the free trigger and flip the abandoned chapel back to its normal side. And we have one action left. We'll head to Hangman's Brook. We won't flip it yet because then it doesn't have a haunted effect. Nice. I like that. That feels good. Next turn we can flip it and try and grab both the clues. At the end of the turn we have to test Realm of Torment. We're a four, five, six, seven, but six because of the haunted effect. Six on three and I'm not going to commit anything. Elder Thing, minus two, Realm of Torment is discarded. Upkeep, we draw the shortcut, revealing Storm of Spirits three. We go to one resource. We hit six, Doom, Hand Reminder, Shortcut, Water Protection, two Premonitions, Storm of Spirits, Mind Over Matter, and Mr. Rook. And we draw from the normal encounter deck, it's a Centuries of Secrets. Now this could kill Mr. Rook, but he has no secrets on him. And then we'd be ready to play the next Mr. Rook. We're a four, five, six, seven against five. That should be good enough. Minus one, pass. Okay. Free trigger will flip Handman's Brook. It's one shroud, that's nice. It has an action to resign, whose bright idea was this anyway. 
and the haunted effect is take a damage until the end of the round, you can't trigger the resign ability. First action will investigate, seven on one. Cultist, minus three, and each heretic has become five fight and four evade. Second action, investigate. Skull, minus one. We get both clues, which charges up the folding camera. And last action, will move to haunted fields. I think. Because there's another clue to get. Okay, now, worth, something worth looking at. One of the things I didn't do was read what versions of Heretic's Graves, the Gallows, and the two chapel locations we have. The Graves is four shroud, and after a witch enemy at Heretic's Graves is defeated, discard the top two cards of the standard encounter deck. So killing a heretic there would discard two cards from the standard encounter deck, drawing us closer to evil pass triggering. Maybe we don't want that. The Gallows is three shroud, no clues, but obviously it has two, but it gets plus one shroud for each witch enemy in play. There are currently four, so it's currently seven shroud. I mean, we're seven intellect, we're eight intellect, so we're actually already one up there. But that might be one that we want to head to after we've killed a couple of heretics. Oh, and by the way, I think I've only ever once got two heretics in true solo. So, you know, like that would be a good goal to get one. Be nice to get two. If we can go higher than that, that would be amazing. In three player, I've done all four. So it's, it's just one of the challenges of everything you have to deal with in solo. Over on the other side, the Chapel Attic is four shroud. And after you draw a non-weakness card from your deck while here... Place that card face down beneath Chapel Attic out of play, and after you successfully investigate Chapel Attic, as a reaction you get to add each card beneath it to its owner's hand. So it's not difficult with Shroud, but it just eats up some of your cards and you have to investigate to get rid of them. And then finally the Chapel Crypt is 6 Shroud, but while there are no ready enemies at Chapel Crypt, it goes down to 3 Shroud. So I'm thinking the Graves, Heretic's Graves and the Crypt are maybe the first two we try out. They're four shroud and then six shroud. If we kill one heretic and grab a couple of clues, we can then go and kill the, the, the one in the crypt and get those clues easily, and then we've got two left to do. Of course, what challenges they come with might completely change that. Upkeep. We draw Storm of Spirits and reveal Working a Hunch. We go up to two resources. Paying one for a Working a Hunch clue could be really nice heading in there. Our hand is Rook, Mind of a Matter Storm, Premonition, Premonition, Second Storm as well, Ward of Protection and Shortcut. It's kind of good. We hit Seven Doom. We haven't flipped Haunted Fields, so we get a Standard Encounter deck card. It's a Vengeful Witch. Spawn, the Gallows, or Heretic's Graves. It's Alert and a Hunter, and when it's defeated, deal its damage and horror to each investigator at its location as direct damage and horror. Do not like you, witch. If we were to get one more resource, we could Storm of Spirits it and do three damage to a heretic, setting up a little Spectral Web kill. Although Spectral Web, you have to spend clues as a cost. It's not spend zero to three clues, it's spend one to three. So that would be three damage to the witch, three damage to a heretic. We'd sort of be accidentally spending one other clue. Hmm. Maybe first thing we do is play a premonition and decide what we want to do. It's an elder thing. Oh, sorry, I need to pick where the Vengeful Witch is. I think we kill it because I think it hunting us is a real issue, and we just eat the hit. So I'm going to put it at the Heretic's Graves. 
The premonition is a... The Elder Thing is a minus two, but it also would deal damage if we play Storm of Spirits. So maybe we investigate Haunted Fields, getting rid of that Elder Thing, shortcut in and Storm of Spirits. Oh, we'd have to take a resource, shortcut in, last action, Storm of Spirits. And we then take a hit from the Heretic as well. Other option, we flip this location and get the clue. Head to the abandoned chapel. <laughs> Prepare to take on the heretic in the chapel crypt. So one action investigate, one action move. We'd have one action left. And we'd have a vengeful witch following us. Or, hmm, I don't really want to take two damage from a storm of spirits and then another damage and a horror from a vengeful witch. And then more from the heretic. <laughs> take a resource, shortcut in, storm, taking a damage and a horror. Yeah, we're taking three damage for that. We can't Storm the Spirits on a three damage hit. We're basically dead at that point. We have to go somewhere else. But where? That is the question. So, I think we, we run from the Vengeful Witch and we plan to kill it later. First, we tr flip Haunted Fields. Each Spectral enemy here gets plus one horror value, and the Haunted effect is move the nearest Spectral enemy once towards Haunted Fields. First action we investigate, we get this minus two, we easily pass, getting us a clue, and charging up our camera to three charges. We now have nine sanity. Second action, we move to the abandoned chapel. Third action, we just take a resource. Resources are what we need. In the enemy phase, the vengeful witch haunts, hunts to the haunted field, haunts to the hunted fields, and in upkeep, we draw that working a hunch. We're at a nice eight cards in hand, and the next card on our deck is an astounding revelation, which is a bit of a shame, there's nothing we can do about that unless Rook dies now and we play our other Rook. And we hit 8 Doom. Have I forgotten something vital? I think I might have done. And we advance. We're going to be bogged down now with the Spectral Watcher. Yeah, Death's Descent. The sobs of the dead echo throughout the woods, accompanied by murmured promises and whispered threats. But when the spectral mist blots out the sky, all turns quiet and still. Your hair stands on end, and you begin to tremble. Every fibre of your being screams flight. The hunter has smelled the blood of its prey, and now it has come to claim your fate. Flip each location to its spectral side. Put the set aside the spectral watcher enemy into play at Hangman's Brook. Shuffle the remainder of the set aside the watcher encounter set into the spectral encounter deck along with the spectral discard pile. Death's Approach Hangman's Hill is plunged into darkness as the spectral mist invades every inch of the woods and the chapel. Somewhere in the mist, the watcher spies its prey with eyes as empty as graves. Locations cannot be flipped over. Our spectral encounter card is Realm of Torment. Is going to hit our stats. It basically cancels Crystalline Elder Sign for a turn because the haunted effect here in the abandoned chapel is minus one to each skill. Here's what I'm thinking <laughs> Is this crazy? Move to the Vengeful Witch, shortcut down to Hangman's Brook so that the Spectral Watcher engages us as well, storm both of them, shrivel the Spectral Watcher so it's killed and it then just doesn't ready this turn. That's one option. Let's play a premonition first and see if we should instead go fight a heretic. It's another elder thing. Oh, I seem to be drawing them a lot. 
We've also, we can see the haunted effect now on the chapel crypt, and in fact on all the locations because we've flipped them. The haunted effect on the heretic's graves way back over on the left is healer damage from each heretic and each witch enemy in play. Ugh. The haunted effect at the gallows is discard the top three cards of the standard encounter deck. If a witch enemy is discarded, draw it. The haunted effect in the attic is discard a random card from beneath the attic. That's the location that eats up your cards as you're there. And the haunted effect from the chapel crypt is a beautiful one. Spawn the top card of your deck face down, engaged with you. Treat that card as a reanimated dead enemy with one fight, one health, one evade, one damage, and the monster trait. Ugh. So if we do that cool Storm of Spirits play using the Elder thing, we end up taking one direct damage for killing the Ventral Witch and another two damage because it's an Elder thing on Storm of Spirits. If instead we head in on the Heretic, we can spend three clues here to use willpower to attack. We'll be four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, nine against four. And we would pass so we wouldn't resolve the Haunted thing and we would kill the heretic. Let's do that. First action move, the heretic engages us because we're at a spectral location so it doesn't have a loof. Second action, spectral web, spending three clues and hitting for four damage. The heretic is defeated so we flip it over and resolve the text on the other side. Burn, let it burn, let it all burn. The charred ghost thrashes and howls in agony as though in a constant state of torment. You cannot ease its suffering, but perhaps you can bring it justice. Keep this card in your threat area this side face up. At the end of the round, you must either take a damage or flip this card back to its enemy side. If you're at the gallows and it has no clues on it, test willpower or agility four. If you succeed, the ghost is banished. Resolve the text below and we don't resolve it yet. The gallows is one, two, three locations away. We did move, hit, now I think we try and get the clue here. Our intellect is a four because of the haunted effect. Five, six, seven on three, because there are no ready enemies here. Cultist, minus three, that's a pass. Heretic enemies build up in power. And that is our three actions. Do we cheekily working a hunch this clue to get it? Or do we save working a hunch, get us a gallows clue? Ugh, it's so hard to decide, isn't it? If we get this clue, we just never come back here. Well, either way, we can work in a hunch at the start of the next turn as well. So let's do that. At the end of our turn, we try and get rid of Realm of Torment. Zero. Pass. Farewell, Tormenting Realm. In the enemy phase, the Spectral Watcher hunts to the crypt, as does the Vengeful Witch. In upkeep, we draw an astounding revelation. Top card of our deck is ethereal form. Ooh, spy a plan. And we go up to five resources. Our hand. Revelation, storm, working a hunt, shortcut, ward, storm, mind over matter, rook. We hit one doom. Our encounter card is another realm of torment. That will be spawning... A reanimated dead on us so let's cancel this one pay one take a horror on us don't resolve the revelation effect option one. Ooh, sorry at the end of the round we must either take a damage or flip this card back to its enemy side let's kill mr rook he was on one damage and one horror anyway it means we can play our other mr rook if we want to 
or as is more likely, just sprint. So let, let me think, hang on, hang on, hang on. We could move to the Spectral Watcher and the Vengeful Witch, evade one of them with ethereal form, which would disengage us from each other enemy, and until the end of the round, we cannot engage or be engaged, and we cannot attack or deal damage to enemies. That would be one action, two actions evade, three actions move to Haunted Field, shortcut to the gallows, working a hunch to get one of the clues there, and that enemy doesn't hit us. We take another damage, unfortunately, but next turn we kill that heretic, get the last clue, clear the unfinished business we're on. I like it as a plan. Other option, we go and do the storm and kill the vengeful witch. Hmm, they are together, ready to be stormed. I'm just really worried about taking huge amounts of damage. Move, storm, shrivel would be the plan. No, let's do the crazy ethereal form play. Move, they both engage me. Pay one for ethereal form. We evade at a two, plus our willpower of four, five, six, seven. So that's nine against three. And both of these enemies are alert, so I'll do it from the vengeful witch. It's an elder thing, which is a minus two, doesn't have an effect. So I've evaded the vengeful witch. Oh, should I have gone for the Watcher? No, that's fine. The Watcher disengages from me. Third action, I'll move to Haunted Fields, and I'll play this shortcut to move to the Gallows. The Heretic can't engage me this turn. So it doesn't hit me. At the end of the round, I must either take a damage or flip this card back over to its enemy side. I will take a damage. I'm at three of six damage. And I'll also spend two at that point, do I? It's kind of risky if I want to be able to Storm. I won't spend two yet. Enemy phase, the Spectral Watcher hunts, and the Heretic at the end of the round will engage me. I draw the mists, reveal a crack the case. Ooh, that's nice. We go up to four resources. We hit two doom. Can we even get one Heretic? Let's see. Our encounter card is Fate of All Fools. Okay, just place that there. First action. Let's use our three clues and our spectral web to try and deal with this heretic on us. Ten on four. Skull. Minus one. Pass. I can't be dead. Kaziah promised. We cannot die. The spiteful wraith does not relent. Your words cannot reach it, but perhaps you can lay it to rest by force. Flip this card back to its enemy side. It makes an immediate attack. The next time it's defeated, it is banished. Resolve the text below. And forced, if you looked at this side by resolving its parlay ability, you get hit immediately. Over it turns. We go up to four damage and two horror. Things are looking dicey. We could just shrivel shrivel and kill this guy now though. Second action, we shrivel. Ooh, are we defeated? Not quite, but nearly. <laughs> We shrivel at a six, seven, eight, nine on four. Minus two, two damage. And we shrivel again at a nine on four. Minus two, defeated. We definitely don't have a knowledge as power to save us an action there. That heretic, with a final cry, the hellish spirit recoils upon itself and dissipates into thin air. Add this card to the victory display. Skulls have become minus twos now, and we will pay two and buy one of the two clues here. That location is a shroud three, four, five, 
six because there are three witches in play. In the enemy phase, the spectral watcher hunts to us and the vengeful witch hunts to one away. The watcher hits us for a damage, taking us to five and a horror, taking us to three. At the end of the round, if we take the damage from the burning geist, we are defeated. So I think what we do is we let it flip over and potentially we storm next turn. We've got one clue which would allow us to kill it off and then we'd have to kill the watcher as well. Ugh, it's just so much damage required. Yeah, we flip it back over because otherwise we're defeated now. We draw that crack the case and the next card on our deck is Ethereal Form. We go to three clues and we go to three doom. Our encounter card is Watcher's Grasp. Heal three damage from the Spectral Watcher. Well, it's on full health. Ready the Spectral Watcher. It moves, engages and attacks you as if it were the enemy phase. That's us defeated. Two physical trauma. One unfinished business. As per. <laughs> we are in the right place for the next one. Two hits and a test would have got it there. But we're done. Beasted. It's a tough scenario. I wonder if we should have gone for the Watcher kill. But Premonition twice and both times was an Elder thing. Which would have been a three damage storm straight up. Yowchies. So XP, we've got two. One for a Heretic and one for a Delve. Let's take a look at the resolution. We go to R2. I don't think we should go to R2 because I think we've been defeated before we... Oh, maybe we do. We survived the Watcher's Embrace. Three heretics were released into Arkham. And X is three or less, so we discover Wisp of Spectral Mist. And we, yeah, we just get two XP, which sadly means we're one short of the upgraded ward. But so be it. Oh, it's a tough scenario. I kind of want to just jam it again because I feel like Every action is vital in that scenario, and you've got to get the right flow to make sure you hit each kind of, you know, you're in the right place, you're ready to clear each location. With multiple players, you can just, you can cover a lot of ground, you can have two people on one side of the map and two people on the other. Yeah, solo, it's beefy AF. Cool. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this. For people who are playing on Think On Our Feet, I'll put deck lists up so you can dive in and we can see how you get on. If you're thinking about becoming a patron, there's so many fun things you can do as a patron. Our Discord is a really nice place to talk about the game in detail and without judgment, without kind of close-minded thinking. It's just a really fun place to talk about the game. You can get involved in Think on Our Feet, which is a way of playing along with me. We also have a whole setup for if you want to play Dream Eaters solo and you want to have a campaign buddy who's someone else, so you're not playing both sides, we have a way of linking up with other patrons and doing that. If you're already taking advantage of that as a patron, thanks very much. You know, it's so fun to do that. It makes it really enjoyable for me, a solo player, to have other options like that. Really hope you've enjoyed this episode. Let me know what you think I should spend my 2xp on. Have I made huge mistakes with the direction I've gone? And will we survive now with only 4 health per scenario? Maybe Norman is on track to getting just driven into the ground by the circle undone. And maybe we need to take some serious steps towards not letting that happen. Maybe we spend our 2xp taking Delve out, taking one ethereal form out, and putting in two Deny Existences. That could be a a vital thing for staying alive. Let me know what you think. You know how to reach me. Thanks for listening. Bye.
Huh. Well, it would help if I could actually look at the board. I cleared two locations of clues, which is two more VP. So I got four, um, which slightly changes things up. Four VP, not two. Little bonus blooper for you that I can't count. Cool. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.